0: I scream, you scream, we all scream for Weird AF News with Jonesy. Ancient 2,500-year-old Bong suggests that the ancient Chinese got very high at their funerals. A British man mails his frostbitten, severed toes to Canada to be used in a famous cocktail. And an intruder in Virginia broke into a home and microwaved butter has been charged with trespassing and other weird shit. These are the stories for Weird AF News on Thursday. This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News, the only daily news podcast hosted by a comedian. I should say daily weird news podcast. And I am grateful for your ears today. Yay! A 2,500-year-old bong suggests that the ancient Chinese got high at funerals. (laughs) Yeah, man, they've been getting so high for so long, but why? Why at funerals? I can't be high at a funeral. That would freak me the hell out. I mean, I just can't, can't do it. Maybe if it's a funeral for somebody that I don't know, but even then I just get, I'm just more sensitive when I'm high. Historians, you should know, have long been aware of the use of cannabis in ancient times. Yes, this is very true. It's one of the oldest cultivated plants in East Asia, by the way. And references to cannabis appear in texts as early as 1000 BC. Now a group of researchers from the Chinese Academy of Sciences has added something significant to the historical record. A 2,500-year-old bong. Unbelievable. But is it a weed bong or is it a tobacco bong? Because I live in Chinatown and I see guys, uh, old Chinese men, smoking out of a huge bong, but it's tobacco. I almost crashed my car. I couldn't believe they were smoking it on the sidewalk. So the archaeologists who discovered this ancient smoking device refer to it more scientifically as a wooden brazier, or brazier, B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. But essentially it's a big old group bong used to hotbox the ceremonial hut at funerals. Interesting. And just to be clear, the article says that it was definitely used to smoke cannabis, not tobacco. So the research was led by an archaeologist named Meng Ren and published in the journal Science Advances this week. And it noted that chemical analysis of a burned botanical residue at a particular cemetery in the eastern Pamir region of China indicates that cannabis plants were burned in wooden braziers during mortuary ceremonies. This suggests that cannabis was smoked as part of a ritual and or religious activities in western China by at least 2,500 years ago and that the cannabis plants produced high levels of psychoactive compounds. Yes, high levels of the psychoactive compounds is what we want in life. Ten wooden braziers total were found at this cemetery site. They essentially look like large one-hitters. A deep rounded well has been carved into the wood walnut sized rocks were inserted into the vessel presumably these would have been heated in a nearby fire because the wooden bowls were slightly charred and some of the rocks contained a burned cannabinoid residue and there's a photo of it it's pretty cool the braziers were or braziers were recently exhumed from eight tombs at this cemetery Testing revealed the chemical signature of CBN on all of the burn residue inside the vessels and on some of the stones. CBN is the oxidative metabolite of THC. In other words, it's what's left over after THC combusts. This is fantastic. The discovery announced in Science Advances provides some of the first evidence backing up the famous claims of the ancient Greek historian Herodotus in his classic The Histories. Herodotus described residents of the Caspian Steppe region smoking cannabis during the first millennium BCE. Yes, this goes back so so far. They find cannabis seeds at like in fires that are like you know five thousand years old. So this this stuff's been going on. They're finding re- uh, the remnants of hemp, thousands of years old. I mean, the plant has been used. The plant has been smoked for millennia. Clearly. Which is why, man, we need to bring it back, man. Bring back the plan, man. Smoke it, man. What are you doing? Eat it. <laughs> it is coming back. The plan is making a huge comeback. Thanks to, finally, some reasonable people in the United States who are like, you know what, this is not a big deal. This chemical is not a big deal. We, let's welcome it again. Well, that's really not what's going on. It's people that are going, behind the scenes, people are going, oh my goodness, money can be made with this chemical and this material. And that's what's really going on. But I don't care. Hey, however way you push it to the forefront and get it passed is fine with me. I don't care as long as it's pushed through. I got to say though, what a strange uh, ceremonial practice to smoke bongs. At funerals, I just can't. I'm still having a hard time imagining what that would be like. It's, um, I mean, it it definitely beats crying, <laughs> for sure. Like just pass the. Bu- I guess if you get so baked, I mean, you just it just numbs you to the uh, to the sadness of your passing relative or friend. Perhaps, maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. I, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's just go. And ne- the next funeral any of us are invited to, let's get really high and just see what the reaction is. I don't know. I have a feeling I'm going to be a little bit more upset, but who knows? This was a culture where smoking cannabis must have been so accepted because to actually do it at funerals, you have to be, it's got to be deep in your culture to bring it to that level. I feel like back then, you know, 3000 years ago in China, I mean, they're probably smoking it at work, smoking it during the. Childbirth. I mean, can you imagine? If it smoked at funerals, what other just everyday... Well, that's not an everyday occurrence. But what other, you know, ritualistic ceremonies and rites are featuring cannabis if the funeral rite is featuring cannabis? I'm wondering. What about at a wedding? The bride and groom are hitting that bomb? Yep. I do... Weird AF News, where we've got your daily dose of weird. Boom shakalaka, here come the weirdest news, the weirdest news, the weirdest news. I get that weird AF, I news. A British athlete mailed his severed toes to Canada to be used in a famous cocktail. The amputated toes of a British endurance athlete are to be given new life as the centerpiece of a notorious Canadian cocktail. Nick Griffiths is his name, and he succumbed to frostbite in the Yukon Arctic race in Northwest Canada. It's the world's coldest ultra marathon. That is outrageous, first of all, that they run a race up there in the Yukon. The coldest ultramarathon. Running a marathon is hard enough. You're going to run it in, the, in, the, in a place where you can get frostbite on your toes? You're out of your mind. These are real. This is a real man right here for sure. Well, as Nick Griffith lay in a hospital bed with his frostbitten toes, he was informed they're going to have to be amputated. And he remembered, he recalled a billboard that he saw a long time ago. It said, have frostbite? We want your toes. Yeah, that's right. Because for more than 40 years, visitors have flocked to a downtown hotel in Dawson City for a chance to try the country's most famous drink the Sour Toe Cocktail. This beverage consists of a mummified human toe floating in a whiskey shot. Now, if you're drinking this beverage, you must must let the toe or the blackened fingernail, not fingernail, toenail, touch your lips while you're drinking this in order to receive a certificate and qualify for admittance to what's called the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. Great, so you sip whiskey out of a glass that has a mummified toe in it and you maybe scoop up the toe with your tongue and let it <laughs> let it run around your mouth for a little bit, put it back in, and now you're in the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. So upon returning home to Bolton, Griffiths learned that he would lose three of his toes to frostbite. He asked a surgeon to keep them. Keep my toes. During his recovery, he was corresponding with this downtown hotel in Dawson. About donating his toes. Months passed. Griffiths kept his his toes in a jar. <laughs> Finally, after much back and forth with the hotel, he suggested simply mailing them to Canada. At the post office, he panicked after being asked what was in the what was in the envelope. Because <laughs> they do ask you questions. Anything organic? Any organic matter? Uh, no, it used to be organic matter, but now it's um it's dead. It's dead. Well no, it's still kind of, technically it's organic matter, but it's it's decomposing as we I mean it may only be half organic matter now. It's <laughs> Can you imagine? What's just some toes. I'm just mailing some toes post office. Chill out. So what? They're not explosive. Chill. Eventually he told the postal clerk he was mailing his toes and he wrote novelty gift on the envelope and they let him do it. He kept one of his toes as insurance because he said I'm not I'm not sure really that you should be posting toes. You mean mailing toes. More than a month later, the toes arrived in Dawson City. The hotel wrote in a statement, we couldn't be happier to receive this man's toe. Toes, plural. In one sentence, he says he mails toe, he mailed toes, and in another, it says just toe. The the hotel said they are very hard to come by these days, these toes. (laughs) I'll bet they are. Terry Lee is the hotel's toe expert and will now preserve the digits in rock salt for at least six weeks before they're served in a glass of whiskey. The big toe is the money toe, he said to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We usually don't get frostbitten toes. Usually they're from gout or diabetes or there are lawnmower accidents or chainsaw accidents. To get a frostbitten toe, this is phenomenal. There are currently three toes in use at the bar. (laughs) They rotate the toes. I can't believe this happens. In recent years, you'll be be sad to learn that the hotel has had to deal with a bunch of toe thefts. And the hotel now nails anyone who attempts to swipe a toe with a fine of $2,500. I think they should mail this guy Griffiths a little bit of cash for the toes, by the way, because they're so hard to find and to have a frostbitten one is very rare. Should get something out of it. I would really love to fly up there and try this uh, whiskey drink with the toe in it. Again, one day, guys, when when the patreons, when we're making thousands, Jonesy can just fly up there and try that shoot video and record audio of me trying this toe cocktail. Wouldn't you love that? That'd be that'd be outstanding. Interview the whoever invented this drink. I mean, you're out of your mind, first of all, but I love it. You ought to do one with a nipple. Yeah, a drink with a nipple in it. Sounds amazing, right? Bloody Mary nipple. I don't know. I'm just trying to brainstorm some other possible body part themed beverages. (laughs) What about a mint mojito with an earlobe in it? A lobe mojito. (laughs) A mojito lobe, if you will. Um all right I got to stop sorry An intruder has been arrested and charged for trespassing, breaking into someone's home, going into the kitchen, and microwaving butter. Roanoke, Virginia. The intruder has been identified by Roanoke police as Mary Saunders, age 30, of Roanoke. She's been charged with trespassing. How many times can I say Roanoke? (laughs) Am I saying it right, by the way? I feel like I am. She's been charged with trespassing, but not charged with microwaving the butter. Isn't that theft? Stole his butter, or whoever's butter. A local man got a rude awakening when he discovered an intruder in his house. Here's a quote from Zach McGuire, the guy whose butter was unlawfully microwaved against his will. He says, I came out here into the kitchen and this lady's standing right there in front of the microwave getting ready to nuke my butter. I told her she butter not, hey, because I'm a comedian too. Oh, Zach McGuire, hilarious. Way to keep your wits about you and still maintain some level of humor when someone's Trespassed into your kitchen and is microwaving the last of your valuable butter. Zach said he had the woman sit on the floor while he called the police. Just you, just yeah. I mean, you can eat my butter. Just get on the floor. Do you want me to get? How about how about I make you a bagel for the butter? How about that? Who just microwaves the butter? Who breaks into a house and microwaves butter? That just seems strange. This person's on some serious drugs, obviously. It's Virginia. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I love Virginia very much. Uh, I have nice fond memories of Virginia. West Virginia, that's another story. (laughs) Sorry. Well, anyway, Zach McGuire has lessons for everybody. He recommends everyone keep their doors locked. And he gave some advice for any future intruders and guests who might want to break in. He says BYOB, which means bring your own butter, bitch. (laughs) This guy's hilarious. You gotta really kind of laugh it off though. Someone breaks into your house and, and, you know, microwaves butter. I've covered so many stories where people break into houses and they do strange shit. You know, like clean the kitchen, uh, take a nap on the couch, like stupid shit like that. This just tells you these people, right? So you gotta, they're not trying to steal anything, right? They're just so messed up on drugs that they go in there and it, they don't even do what you should be doing in a break-in, which is looking for valuables. No, they're so messed up. They're like, "Wow, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take a slice of this cheesecake. Let me make coffee. I'm going to make some coffee <laughs> in somebody else's home." <laughs> These people just need help. They don't need to be, you know. If you're doing something and if you're doing something that's like Looked, we look at it and we go, oh, you're out of your mind. That means you need help. You need like mental assistance. But instead we like throw these people in prison, which is really isn't helpful. Um, their reality is bent clearly. So they need help getting the reality as close back to what the rest of us experience as reality is. Does that make any sense? It's like, hey, your reality is so off kilter. It's gone rogue. You know, your reality went rogue. Mary Saunders of Roanoke, we need to get your reality back in line. Well, you know, putting Mary in prison for six years isn't going to help her get her reality back in line. She needs to listen to Weird AF News to <laughs> get her straight. <laughs> I would love just for once for someone who was a subject of a story like this that I covered on Weird Weird AF News to call me and and just like I don't know. I'm okay with you just bitching me out for covering the story. But, like, just a call. 646-450-2012. Mary Saunders of Roanoke, Virginia. Call me. (laughs) I want to... We need to talk, man. I need to get you some help. (laughs) I want to do something freaky to you right now. What's up? It's Jonesy. This is the outro of the episode where I say certain announcements and give shout-outs to people that I love, that love me, and people that hate me. Ryan Sprague, that bastard, (laughs) whom I love, Ryan wrote me about the dodgeball situation. He says, okay, dodgeball. This is clearly people who were on the sidelines of shame their entire life. Jesus, it's a sport. You don't always win. Learn to lose gracefully. See, that's the thing people forget about sports. Yeah, they teach you how to win, but they also teach you how to lose, how to pick your ass up after defeat, not be defined by that defeat. Yeah, I lost. I practice harder. I get better. Now I win. There are too many people out there with participation trophies who don't know how to gracefully admit defeat. I agree with you, Ryan, on that. Very much so. I think he makes a great point, which is why I wanted to read it. Part of life is... uh, being let down. Not coming out on top. Losing. I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about all of life. You don't get what you want. Well, learning to accept that. Learning to bounce back and move on. Pick yourself up. Brush your, brush the dirt off your shoulder. And then go out there and then achieve whatever it was that you were trying to do. These are skills. This is something you need in life. It's not just sports. It's all of life. You don't always get the girl. You don't always get the job. Sports and, you know, feats of skill, etc., etc., all of this prepares you for such things. Learning how to lose gracefully. That is such an important thing to learn, isn't it? So, yeah, when you take dodgeball out of school and shit because you don't want anybody to have their feelings hurt or whatever, I mean... You're not allowing people the opportunity, children the opportunity, to learn how to deal with losing gracefully. That's, um, I think that's really important. Uh, so thank you, Ryan. You guys may disagree with that, so call the show. Let me know. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Instagram, at funnyjones, and on Twitter, at funnyjones, and on Facebook, it's comedian Jonesy And blah, blah, blah. I'm all out of coffee, so if you want to mail me some grounds, I'll give you my address. Please do so. Uh, Lastly, check out the Patreon because I uploaded a bonus episode, which is yesterday. And and the day before that, I uploaded a bonus video of me at a weird place called Pioneer Town. It's in the California desert. Uh, So, yeah, you can check that out on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird AF News. That's how you do it. That's how you find it. That's how you get involved. That's how you give Jonesy a couple of dollars a month as a show of appreciation and love for me and what I'm doing over here. Appreciate that. Jonesy needs coffee. Reach out to me. Love you very much. Bye-bye. Jonesy, let's just say I'm an interested party that shall go unnamed. This evil, unlawful attack on hard-working ice cream drug vendors in the greater New York area is an abomination. I mean, come on here. It's summertime, for Christ's sakes. you got kids out there with money just burning holes in their pockets, sweating in this heat, just dying to buy some ice cream. Speaking of dying, these fines are killing these guys. Without these ice cream vendors doing God's work, who knows what these devilish little shits would do with that money. You want a bunch of hot, pissed-off kids spending that dough on drugs and violence? Because that can be arranged. Keep fining, keep taxing, keep harassing my crew and see what you get. This message is brought to you by the Ice Cream Truck Vendors and Hot Dog Vendors Alliance. Local 22222 New York, New York. Thank you for your support.